This is episode two of Fam Life with Phil Gomez on the Rising Man podcast. Today we have Jose Alejandro on the show. What's good, y'all? Phil Gomez here behind the mic. So good to be back with y'all again. I had such an amazing time on the first episode. We're back with another great one. So if this is your first time checking in to Fam Life, Fam Life is all about relationships, lifestyle, and amplifying the voice of men of color. So today we have an incredible man, Jose Alejandro, who is a dear brother of mine. He is a mentor. He is a man that has been in my programs as well. Just an all around amazing dude who is doing such a good job just moving with authenticity in this world. This is such a dope conversation. We cover his ability to survive his long-term committed relationship with his partner for 13 years. Some of the ways that he's been able to navigate that and how really both of them expressing themselves truly and uh, growing individually has enabled them to stay together. We also talk about Jose's relationship with his father, how he's able to heal that, and how now he has such an incredible relationship with his father where they're able to sit and plant medicine ceremonies together and do men's work together. So inspiring. And lastly, we talk about Jose's reconnection to his ancestral roots, what that process has been like for him, what sparked that for him, and how he's benefited from it. That and so much more. So make sure you listen to the entire episode. There's some really good gems in there. Before we dive into that conversation, I just want to remind y'all that we have some amazing programs over here at the Rising Man Movement. Now, there is something for every single man on the menu. Whether you are new to men's work and personal development, you're not really sure which way to go, we got something for you. Maybe you're a family man, a father, and you need some support around how you need to show up for not only your children, but your partner and yourself and take care of yourself while maintaining your mission in this world. Whatever it may be, check out therisingman.org. All the programs live there. Again, guaranteed there's something there that will help benefit your life. All right, and without further ado, here's Jose Alejandro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two, Fam Life with Phil Gomez on the Rising Man podcast. Today, I got a special brother on the show. I This man has been my teacher. This man has been my, uh, been my student. Uh, and all in all, I am lucky to call this man my brother. Got my homie, Jose Alejandro. Say what's up, bro. What's going on, brother? And I, and I love that you have been my teacher. And I feel honored and blessed to be called your teacher as well, brother. And uh, obviously it feels like a blessing to be able to call you a brother. So beautiful to be here. Really excited to have this conversation with you. And as always, it's just a fucking blessing to to connect and drop in with you. So Absolutely. We've had a lot of great conversations in our day. You know, <laughs> forward to many more. And, you know, like I was telling you before we hit record here, a uh, big part of this podcast is relationships, you know, and I am really grateful for the relationship that we have because uh, when I think of a brother um, and someone, and I don't like to use that word lightly, uh, but when I think of a brother, it's really someone that we can swap the the student teacher relationship. And, uh, you know, why would I not want to have men around me that I could learn from, but that are also humble enough to listen to me? You know, that's, uh, I feel like that's like where I'm heading as far as relationship between men. Mm. Yeah, I love that, bro. And I, and I remember clearly at one of the powerful conversations that we had, I think we were getting fetching some water 
during uh, while some men were fasting, we were talking about the importance of I forgot who who said this, but just being able to switch at any moment from peer to mentor to to uh, to student and the the power of being able to do that in one single conversation. So it's been beautiful to have that kind of rotate in different conversations, but also it's it's, it's uh, I consider a brother like just like you said someone that I could do that in one single conversation. It's not always easy to do with everybody. Um, and someone that allows themselves to toggle between those three in one moment is always, is always an opportunity and a calling for me to, to, to lean in with and, and go deeper. So lean in, <laughs> yeah, lean in. That, bro. Well, one of the things that I respect about you the most as a man is uh, your values, you know, your core values, your moral compass, what, you know, how you navigate this world and how you move. So uh, to start off the conversation, what would you say your core values are? I love that, man. Uh, the first, the first is uh, for me is uh, really true, but I split those, I split that up into two values and the first being um love and the second being integrity because uh you know what once there was one time that a coach of mine helped me distill my essence and just the thing that i really care about the most and the two words that came up were integrity and love and then when i said integrity it was like yes like it matters to me to be a man of my word it's something that i always strive to be and it was a word that throughout my 20s i really fucking valued and i still value it now but it means something different because of the value of love. Like uh, for me, love means like intentionally uh, bringing something into the world that is bigger than me. And when I combine those two, then it's truth, right? So um, integrity being the first, love being the second, uh, you know, another one that, that I always come back to is also really just intention as well um and that kind of ties into love but intention where like if all my values are forgotten and everything comes out the door i can remember that if i have pure intention even if it's like literally uh watering my plants or like getting something for sam if she's not feeling good i don't have to be the best or even in integrity with this grand vision that I might've set out to do, as long as I have the right intention, uh, then, you know, everything is in alignment and I'm heading in the right direction and I'm somewhat in integrity. Right. So those, those have been the three that I've really been distilling it down to. There's a lot of other ones that I always kind of come back to like passion and just like uh, playfulness as well. But at the end of the day, like um, I've just been trying to simplify it lately. Like uh, play is another one that I've been really trying to bring into my life because it's something that I value, but I always forget about. I never prioritize. And it's something that just gets squeezed in. Then when I think about it, it's like, well, how can I best love myself and put that value up front? Like part of me usually craves play and usually feels like lonely or defeated if I don't bring some life into the shit that I'm doing. So off the top of mind, those are the three. And uh, I think if anything, if I keep forgetting, I might just have to make play like its own thing just to remember that it's something I got to I gotta bring in regardless of how much I love myself and value the other three. So. That's incredible, man. I really love those. You know, I know integrity is a big one amongst many men. And I think it's that, 
you know, that deep seated, um, being our word and doing what we say we're going to do. That's something, uh, I think culturally has been instilled, which is like one of the good things about, uh, masculinity that has been instilled on a wider scale. Um, but I really love this element of love. And, uh, to me, it, it, it makes me think of the focus on things that are not logistical, right? So when we're bringing our gift into the world, a lot of times it, it doesn't really make sense to do it, you know, whether it's like, because we have all these other things to focus on, right? Like uh, making money, paying the bills, taking care of this, taking care of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when love becomes one of the core values, it it's really, um, it's almost like love is enough, right? If we love something, it's worth doing. It doesn't matter if it's going to make us money. It doesn't matter if it's going to help move us forward um, in status or just like us uh, in society, right? But for the for the sake of loving it, I'm going to do it. So I, I really, really admire that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and uh, you just, I mean, you evoked and brought some stuff out um, just from that value, just in, in your reflection, because um, you know, I, I think that, you know, when I think of integrity and I think of love, it's like, there's a lot of times where I've been tried to be a man of my word. Like, honestly, most of my twenties was like, yo, I said, I'm gonna do this. I got to do it to the point where sometimes like, I wouldn't even feel in alignment with myself. I didn't even love what I was doing, but it was like, I had to do it anyway. And I was unwilling to compromise or renegotiate. And half the time that led me to like, just not loving what I was doing or not loving the commitment in the first place. So I think about love. It's like, man, why are you, why am I even going to commit to something if I don't feel like it's something that brings love to my life, that makes me feel like I'm loving the moment that makes whoever benefits from this feel loved. Um, And then also there's the piece that you brought out when you were sharing that it's almost like sometimes you do have to keep your word, right? Sometimes I give my word and it's like, man, this is not comfortable. I don't want to do it, but I, I love this person. So I'm going to follow through and do it with as much love and like presence as I can. For example, like I know you always talk about your kids, right? Like it's like keeping your word. Sometimes it's not something you want to renegotiate, but can you really renegotiate with your kids? I'll feed you later or feed you tomorrow. Right. It's like, no, <laughs> you got to You got to take care of them. So Sometimes it's like, you got to follow through. And if you don't do it with love, it's almost like, then what's the point? If you're not going to be that father that feeds your kid with love, even if it's not the thing you want to rather be doing in the moment, then what's the point? So like love has been a big one for me to just remember like, all right, sometimes I got to bite the bullet and do this thing, but I get to renegotiate going forward to make sure that what I'm doing is either done with love or I end up pivoting and end up doing things that I love more than what I initially renegotiated so absolutely i think that's really the that's like the key to autonomy and that's a key to authenticity and uh it's really the key to happiness right because there's never going to be a shortage in life of things that we that do have to get done right? So we, the only choice that we have is how we show up into those spaces, right? Am I going to show up uh, bitter? Am I going to show up resentful? Or am I going to show up like loving and bring this intention that like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it whole ass, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring my my everything to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So on the topic of love, you know, one of the things that I love about you most is that you've been in a long-term committed relationship with your partner. 
Um, I yeah. know that uh, me being a married man, that is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I just wanted to, uh, to wrap about that a little bit, um, yeah. a little bit of backstory on you and your partner, and then uh, we'll dive into like how you've managed to survive yeah. this long-term committed relationship. Well, honestly, uh, one, I, I appreciate you saying that because I feel the same way about you and, and you, your partners, you, you know, I've definitely asked you a lot of questions that have helped me navigate some things in my life and in my love life with my partner. Um, what, what's interesting is like, honestly, diving into men's work was originally like the catalyst was my relationship. And initially, like me diving into like the work was because Dude, like I graduated uh, from undergrad with a bachelor's in psychology, and it wasn't until five years after I graduated that I actually went to my first like therapy session, actually went to my first like men's group and then hired a coach because it was almost like it was all conceptual. I got what I what I need to know. And then my relationship started like really getting hit around this time. And my initial thought was, I'm going to go work on myself so I can fix my relationship. Like literally made it about my relationship and I need to fix something in me that's wrong so that the relationship could be better. And then, initially, you know, like long story short, what it led to was me realizing that it has nothing to do with the relationship. And even if it ended, like I need to work on myself and resolve these things anyway, because it'll just show up in other places in my life. The reason I start off by saying that, bro, is because uh, Sam and I say this all the time when people are like, we turn, we, we make 13 years next month, 13, right? Wow. The 26th of February. And we always, people always ask us like, yo, how you been together for so long? And I really mark that moment, that catalytic moment, because the only reason we've been together for this long is because it, it's, we've evolved and changed throughout the way. Like it literally feels like I've been in a relationship with five different people. And even though it's the same Sam, it's like, there was a part of me and I can think of this, like that moment, that catalytic moment was like the third evolution of our relationship. And I was hanging on to it so tight. It was like, fuck, like, I love how this was, you know, the, how, we're, how we're having sex, how we, we hung out this way. We initially moved in together. Like this is going to be exactly how I imagined it. And then shit started evolving. And a part of me was like, fuck, I want to hang on to this because this is what I know works. And honestly, it was allowing it to die. And, I, and this is like full honest truth. Sam and I sat on the couch one day around that time. Like we were trying a lot, doing different things. And we were just still like hitting this moment of like, where do we go from here? We sat on the couch. We're like, yo, this might not work. Like literally just surrendered in that moment. Like this might not work. It literally felt like a breakup. Like we were just like, yeah, this might not work. And if we keep trying hard as fuck like this, like trying almost like pushing and like just forcing it, we're just not going to be happy. So let's just like surrender to the, the truth that this might not work out. And perhaps from that, something else opens up. And it was crazy because that's when we started opening up space. Like me seeing different parts of her that she was just like, fuck it, you know, it might not work out. Might as well just explore this new version. Same thing with me. I was like, fuck it, might not work out. Let me just try this out because it might work, it might not. And then that just led to a whole nother level of love. Obviously, there was another moment that fourth to fifth uh transition and i'm just making up an arbitrary number it was probably like a hundred different relationships but uh reality was that that, that moment was big for us bro and kind of like just surrendering to 
this isn't about us being together. This is about like you loving yourself and exploring your life and growing on your own and me loving myself and exploring my life, living on my own and like being open to coming together. If that means it leads to more growth in our own lives and as individuals. And if not, it's like it might hurt, you know, letting go. But like, honestly, it's even more painful to just be someone that you're not or just like constrain yourself to stay in this box of what the relationship looked like. So that's really been the biggest piece is just both of us committed to our growth, which also gives us the fucking patience. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I know all right, fuck, Sam gets on my nerves sometimes, but I know that she's committed to her growth. And even if we split up, she's always in this constant journey of like, like finding herself. And on my end, I know she trusts me that regardless of me being with her or not, she could trust that I'm going to go talk to Phil, talk to Jetty, talk to my men's team, talk, talk to, to my coach, like do whatever I got to do to figure my shit out, even if I'm not with it. So it's almost like this trust that right, I'm going to be a little patient because this shit is fucking me right now, fucking with me right now, but I know that we're going to be all right, or at least everything's going to head in the right direction, even if that means we're not together, so. Really, there's a lot of good points there, man. I think, uh, you know, you're either, you're either growing together or you're growing apart. And right. uh, the, the sense of growing together is that you're both evolving into um, to really the potential you're able to see in each other. I think, I think when, when you really love another person, you know, your romantic partner, it's like you see them where they're at and you also see all of their greatness and you just see all sometimes more than they can actually see in their, themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So if like if you're both committed to growing and to becoming the best version of yourself, not even like better or worse, but just evolving um, and growing into yourself more and more. I feel like that support or that anchor to something that's outside of your personal connection um, really allows to to move the needle forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, bro. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, my teachers says uh, for the sake of love. Like he splits relationships and he says there's, you know, really we create like structures just to give our minds something to attach to and understand shit even like more easily. But he says there's like three levels of relationship. And the first is like, uh, you know, uh, uh, unhealthy or, you know, people use the word toxic, but like unhealthy, the middle one is healthy, right? It's like, okay, you know, you're probably talking about how you feel and where you're at. And then he says the third is sacred. Right. Where it's like for the sake of love. So sometimes for the sake of love, like capital L love, not just I love you because you give me this, you do this for me. Like for the sake of love sometimes means like separation. I'll give you an example. It makes me think of my parents. I remember my father for most of my life and we've had this conversation and he he is beautiful to see his perspective on it now. But like he's he's always used to say, I'm here for you. I'm staying with your mom for you. And I used to like that, like, you don't have to do that. Like we could, you, there was a point where it was like, thank you. Cause I was a kid and I didn't want them to separate. So it was like my selfish desire. But then there was a point where it was like, I was a teenager and I was like, dad, like we can see each other. Like, I feel like you'd be happier without being together. And it's like, for the sake of love, when you have children, like in my opinion, and you know, I turned, I'm grateful for how it turned out and everything that I am today is because of that journey. But I know that my parents, you know, they they weren't happy for a really long time. And that actually caused my father to always be resentful and not feel love in his heart. He was always like upset. My mom always anxious. 
And maybe if they separated for the sake of love for the three of us, right? Like him, my mom, myself, and my brother, the four of us, maybe like there would have been more love in that dynamic, even if it was two different households, right? So it's like for the sake of love, you know, that means sometimes not exactly how your mind wants it to mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way it is. So, Absolutely. It's not, it's not always the, you know, the, the fairy tale love, right. (laughs) Or like, you know, the old sayings, no matter what, or doing it for the kids or, you know, this for better or worse. Like sometimes you really have to um, make a decision for your personal growth. And that's like going to help everyone around you, even if in the short term it's uncomfortable or it's going to bring some element of change, which we all have some sort of aversion to change at first, but you know, that change can, uh, can really be the the catalyst that helps everyone around yeah. you blossom, not just you and your rom- romantic partner. <laughs> that to me, that's the ultimate form of integrity. Mm. Like honestly being honest uh, with yourself about like, not being not being in alignment with something anymore right like you said for better or worse like you know uh, sam and i have been thinking about like all right if we do get married because we're engaged we're planning on getting married in 2021 the year after our proposal but COVID had i mean 2021 like a year and a half after our engagement but COVID happened we were like okay well we got time now how do we want not just like a marriage, like in the, in the old form of what, like, you know, our parents were saying, when are you getting married? Or like, what would it look like for us? Like sacred union for us, what would that look like? Cause like, for me, you know, we could easily go and sign some documents and say, this is what will look like to be an integrity for, for the rest of your life. Or like be in front of people and say, for better or worse, no matter what, you know, uh, uh, until death do us apart. It's like, man, I'd rather die free, right? It reminds me of like Braveheart than like, uh, you know, die like feeling like I, I've been in prison and in, in something that doesn't feel in alignment. And I'm just saying that in general, not how I feel about Sam, but like leaving that open. I like to, we like to say that it's like a house with the doors open. What I mean by that is almost like this is our house. We created commitments. There's values there, including like honoring each other and deciding to be our our only one for for this like uh, uh, like union. But the doors are open, meaning like if you want to go and take a walk and learn more about yourself, so that you can bring more into this house and do that. Because otherwise, like till death do us apart, we're gonna be dying inside, just trying to keep things contained. And like literally already death has happened inside my, my truth, my heart, my body, just cause I'm living something that I don't want to live. So like, to me, that's the ultimate form of integrity. The honest is like being able to say, this is no longer working for me, even though I made this vow, something needs to change or something needs to evolve within this container, or we need to create a new agreement, renegotiate what it'll look like, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, man. It brings up the, for me, it's like, if there's a, an assumption that we are going to stay together, no matter what, that's just like the, the overarching assumption, it can lead to one of two things. One is, uh, is resentment or like feeling stuck. You feel like a cage bird, right? That's like, that's bullshit. You're not going to be your full, <laughs> free, beautiful human self. Um, or two, it's going to lead to complacency. 
right? Because it's just like, well, she's going to be there. So why do I have to date my partner? Right. Why do I date this woman? Because like, she's just going to be there. So I could just like, you know, I can have pass everything and just like go about, just go about my, my life, you know, normally, because I'm just assuming and guarantee it's like almost like this fake guarantee that she's going to be there. So then I'm not trying and then dies the passion and the flame and all that. And it just leads to like two shells of human beings, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll say this briefly for all the men listening that I still feel, I still toggle between those two and feel them briefly. And it's important to, to like really just be honest about that because there's old trauma stories and, and like things that show up for me where like, sometimes I'm resentful. Like, for example, like maybe I want to go to a trip or take a day, a Saturday all to myself to recharge. I don't communicate that with Sam. And instead she's like, uh because she doesn't know this she's like yo uh jose like let's uh go on a date and go on an adventure and then that day i feel resentment like man fuck and i it used to be way worse before when i had difficulty communicating my needs but there's times where i still fall into that pattern and i'm in the middle of it and i'm like oh man actually today what i would have liked was would be to be on my own right like and i'm resenting her even though in a and i'm I call it like venom, you know, like venom is the little black blob that takes over the guy's body. It's like venom is the story, right? And no matter how good the human is, we just fucking layer the story on top of them and make them this fucking creature. So it's like, I start resenting Sam for something that I didn't communicate. And then on the other hand, complacent, like sometimes, you know, we've been being together for 13 years. I mean, you know, being with your partner for as long as you have, it's easy to be like, Oh, we'll just do it next week because, you know, and sometimes it's unconscious. So it happens all the time. Like I literally have to schedule a check-in with Sam where I can say like, Sam, what do you need? And she'll be like, well, you haven't taken me out on a date in a month. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't. Right. <laughs> and I have to check myself and be like, fuck, I got a little complacent there. Right. Or sometimes I'm distracted by something else that I really care about. So I just want to say that to like all the men listening It's really important to just, acknowledge that just because we're doing this work and just because like we are a teacher student a peer with other men doing the work doesn't mean that we're not and just because i have a 13-year relationship doesn't mean that i don't go through those two experiences of resent or complacency but i definitely have gained a lot more tools along the way that have helped me get to the stage where i can like oh shit something needs to pivot so i can get back in integrity with like the love I want to bring and get out of this relationship. Yes. Yes. And I'll, I'll echo before we move on from relationships here that uh, having relationships with other men that are in long-term committed relationships has probably been the thing that has helped me the most through um, through the difficulties that we've had in the eight years we've been together. And I know for a fact, because my wife has told me that's the same for her. And uh, both of us are a stand for having and taking care of nurturing our relationships with other men and women, you know, the greater community, because like, it's not just meant to be the two of us, right? We're supposed to have this bigger, uh, these bigger circles around us that are helping to support us through the difficulties. And, um, you know, without that, it's like, you're stuck on an Island and shit could get real messy. So <laughs> I, know, I know you've asked me for help. I've asked you for help. And I know we both have men out um, outside that uh that are constantly helping that we're able to check in with and go back to so yeah 
So that's a really beautiful thing. So you brought up your father before. Um, yeah. That is another of the many things I love about you. Your relationship with your father, I think, is a very inspiring one. Um, it's really incredible. Uh, obviously, I am a father to a son, and I do a lot of work with fathers. So I have a I have a soft spot for it. So you know, I uh, would love for you to just talk a little bit about your relationship with your father, where it's come from, and really where you're at. You guys are at now. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it gets me emotional just thinking about it because it's been a journey as well. Um, and if you hear a cat in the background, just rescued a cat, so he's doing his thing. But anyway, um, you know, for some time, I honestly resented my father. And that's a, that's a big thing that um, I needed to own and really face off with uh, in order for our relationship to get where we're at today. Um, I think for most of my 20s, I was honestly running away from trying from becoming who he is. Right. So there was like this, um, this like, man, why, why doesn't my father, like when I was a kid, even going back to the thing about why don't you guys separate, like do what you want to do, dad. It was like this frustration. I was channeling, channeling and judge into, into judgment towards him. And like into my 20s, it was like, man, dad, why aren't you like following your dreams, doing this, doing that? Like. And I would like almost like focus on the doing and getting things done so I could feel like enough and not feel like my life was ending up where, quote unquote, my father's was. Um, and then it, it wasn't until like, really, I just I, I realized that um, I, I realized that me running away from him me like trying to become independent of him was a response to like being afraid of becoming him and not a response it was it wasn't like actually about becoming me myself and then i was actually leaving behind the values that he actually instilled in me which integrity is one of them like you know maybe maybe he didn't like you know follow his dream and do certain things but my father was raised by his grandparents and uh you know just keep his story brief he was raised by his grandparents um and his grandparents are like you know they there's there's a skip of generation there mm -hmm. he used he was born in the 50s and he used to walk to school like you know five five miles six miles with holes in his in his in his shoes like he lived in the country Puerto Rico like no cars none of that and and then, you know, he made so much possible for me to be here by like committing to, yeah, I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna go to the States. I'm gonna raise my son in a better environment so he can have more options. But even to the point where he like sacrificed some of his own wishes so that he can live through me, right? So that, that conversation needed to be had. And it wasn't until like, I actually had that conversation with my father, like, damn dad, what? Like just express how I felt my frustrations and also let him know, like, thank you. Like, you know, I'm really grateful for how far you came in your own journey for me to be here. There was, you know, it was sprinkled into different moments. So I can't really say one moment where like, but I remember there was just this year that, you know, there was 2020 um, that I had, a, I had a series of really powerful conversations with him where we, we were able to hug each other. Tears started flowing. And there was just this acceptance and this pride. And I, we were just proud of each other. 
And I think that 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 also came from me stopping or from me putting aside the need to fix. Because for some time, that was another thing. When I, I started trying to repair my relationship with my father by trying to fix him like that, you can start the business, you can do this, here's how I can help you. Like literally just trying to force him to do things, read this book, do this, do that. But I wasn't necessarily going into the deep conversations. And it wasn't until I put that aside and literally I just got as vulnerable as I was trying to expect him to get and willing to like hug him and meet him where he was at, that we had that series of conversations that year where it was like, my heart was blown wide open. From that, I mean, he came to to one of my MRM events, like 60 men there. And we had a moment together that just like, he he didn't really know my work until he saw me in my essence, just doing my thing. And it was like a beautiful moment there. Before my rite of passage, I had a beautiful conversation with him there of like what I'm leaving behind and what I'm taking from his teachings and just who he is. And then now he's like, I mean, I, 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 he, he's asking me to take him to a, a peyote ceremony. So he's like, he's fully leaning in. He's, he's, he's curious and he's just doing his own work. He's been vegan for the past six months. So he's just He's doing it in his way. Like he's just finding his path. It's just beautiful to see him and allow him to be in his process, but also to know that I had some inspiration in that without forcing it. So I don't know it was a long-winded answer, but that's that's a long, long-winded just journey. <laughs> no, no. I mean it's it's perfect. It's it's incredible and it's really touching for me too. I think one of the most uh difficult relationship dynamics we have in our culture is father and son. You know, there's many difficult relationship dynamics, but I feel like that one in particular, especially as we are, um, especially as the sons are coming of age, right. As we're stepping into our, uh, manhood, right. And claiming our manhood and starting to really build our kingdom. Um, it's like, how do you get out from under the shadow of another king, you know? And of course we have all of these stories you get in men's work and personal development. And then all of our uh, traumas and stories and triggers around our, you know, father, father wound come up. And I think um, it can harbor a lot of resentment and mm-hmm. um, a lot of blame. And, and it kind of closes off this uh, beautiful beautiful possibility of like the next iteration of that relationship where it's like really two Mm. men who uh, respect, look up to and help each other. Um, You know, so it's really touching that you've been able to create this with your father. And I guess the two things that I heard that uh, were really helpful were one, uh, putting an end to like trying to fix your dad, right? Especially as you come into men's work and and uh, integrity and love and all those things that are making you and shaping you uh, to be the man that you are. And like, like, yo, my dad doesn't have to be that as well. Like, I don't have to try to fix him, right? So that, and then this element, uh, this uh, the element of going first, especially in the sense of being vulnerable, like being willing to take your mask off and be vulnerable with your dad and, you know, therefore providing the invitation for him to do the same. Mm. Which wasn't, which isn't easy. And it's a process. There's still some times where I feel resistance to like being as vulnerable with my father as like, I mean, it's, there's, there's resistance whenever I meet my edge there in any container, but with my father, there's always like this, you know, he's known me my entire life. And like, uh, I'm also afraid of how he might respond. But so far, every time I lean in, it's, it's, I've gotten nothing in return, but just like a blessing, even, even when it's 
resistance on his end is almost like a, there's a learning there. And I want to share this. There was a moment, I forgot who it was. And honestly, it might've even been you. So if it was, let me know. But I remember this was like two years ago. I heard someone say like, um, look at this person, whether it be your father, your mother, your partner, right? Whoever it is that, I mean, you mentioned personal development, trauma, stories, and all the things that we realize our parents had a lot to do with the shit that is showing up for us right now. It's true. It creates sometimes resentment and you know, this work isn't linear. So maybe you went through the, the anger release, but you didn't necessarily get to the point where you had to do the forgiveness, which is also in this mm. period of time, right? So it's like, you can't just dabble in it because then you come out like not fully completing the narrative of like, this is a human being. And what I heard that person say is like, take the title out. This person is not your father. This person is not your mother. This person is not your partner. Stop viewing them as that title because usually with that title, comes a whole fucking list of things that you think they should be meeting ways you think they should be showing up and all these fucking expectations or lack thereof that you have for this person. And just look at them like a human being, like who is my father without the title father, but as a man that's coming into my men's. It's like, yo, I would I, like, it would be so hypocritical for me to judge my father for being 64 years old and, and just, starting to do some of the things I'm doing. If, if, if he was just another man, like, mm-hmm. what does this man need right now? Maybe he just needs to hug. Maybe he just needs to be heard. Like, and that flipped things for me completely. It was like, my father is just the man who's on his journey and he didn't have all the tools available to him. Like, honestly, most of the things that I encountered was the social media made it easily available connecting with you, connecting with so many of the men in my space. My father didn't have that, right? Like even there right away, there's like this, this, uh, this loss of, of access, right? So it's like, my father's just a human being. My mom is just a human being. Like, how can I receive them as they are? Not try to fix them, but definitely just show up fully as I am. So I can inspire them to be themselves. That, that uh, is the biggest thing. I think of just taking out father. What does father mean to you? Right. Because when I, when I look at father, I had this whole list that society gave me that I gave myself while trying to run away from what society was giving me all these fucking things on that list that really don't give my father the opportunity to just show up for me the best way that he can. So, yes, yes. Expectation is the death of possibility. Right. That's really it, man. Once we once we come to the table with all these expectations, we don't we don't allow that space to breathe and grow and uh, be what we can't even imagine. Right. Yeah, an exercise that I take a lot of new fathers through, um, because like really, in order to step into fatherhood and it, from that place of possibility and just like purely what we want to be as fathers, like we have to we have to put an end or heal the relationship with our own fathers. And so it's usually a dad, thank you. Right. So you thank your dad for all the things that he's done for you. Uh, dad, I wish all those things that you wish were different. Right. Wish he was around a little bit more. Wish he didn't work as hard. Um, and then lastly, dad, I have compassion for because as we become adults, as we become men, you you start to realize like, damn, we really were just watching our parents grow up. And, uh, you know, like you're saying this, this element of compassion, wow, there's a lot of things that I have that you didn't have. You didn't have all this access to information and people across the world. Wow. I realize you, your, your dad wasn't there 
And that must have been really hard. Uh, you must have felt abandoned. Wow. You know, all these things. So really having that compassion so that we can take away the title, right? The title of father and really just see this man as a human being, right? And all the things that um, that he had to work through in order to be where he is today, in order to give you life, in order to raise you, you know? Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. And it sounds like a, a good conversation starter for my next chat with my dad. <laughs> I mean, even, yeah. you know, I just want to, you gave me a big breakthrough right now. I just want to address it. Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, that my father might've felt abandoned and he wasn't raised by his dad. Like, I mean, you were, you were there with me in the TV when I was healing a lot um, with my, my late grandfather. And, you know, I just realized that my father tried like his, his, you know, he, I watched him grow, grow up and like, his response to his father abandoning him or, or his, his father and his mother not like raising him and, and wanting to take care of him. I mean, he thought his, he thought his mom was his aunt for a really long time. She didn't want him to know. And his grandparents kept, you know, telling him that story. It's like his way of growing up was like, I'm not repeating that pattern. And I'm going to be there for my son as much as I could. And it's like, for him, that was his way of loving me. Mm. Right? Like literally like he didn't, he didn't, he thought that maybe separation was like, you know, I mean, it makes me emotional to think about it. He thought separation was like leaving me the way his parents loved. So staying there and saying, yeah, I'm going to keep my word and be there for my son in a way that my parents was, that's like a gift, you know, like, yeah, I wish that he understood things a little bit differently and, and maybe could have known that some some he could have showed up a different way in the xyz but how dare i say that you know how dare i even ask for that when like he was doing the best he could and it was it was a his way of correcting and slaying the dragon as best he could that his father didn't get to or maybe even avoided right pun intended so appreciate you sharing that man because it just brought some like deep clarity around something that i'll definitely have to have a comment with my father about <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful why wow. i appreciate you reflecting that back man um incredible so switching gears one more time here um you've talked about the peyote ceremony a few times and uh one of the things that i've been able to witness in your journey is your kind of rediscovering and reconnecting to the roots to your ancestors, you know, in the time that we've been friends, you've moved back to Puerto Rico. And I know a big intention behind that was to really uh, connect to your lineage. So I would love for you to just talk about what that process has been like for you, maybe what sparked you wanting to do that more. Um, yeah, and just how you've navigated that process, because it's not like there's a blueprint of this is how you connect to what you've been separated from. There's not. I'll just say this, that uh, I was I was baptized, uh, I had my confirmation, I did my um, all the things, you know, like when I was a kid, I was, I was raised Christian and Catholic. My parents were like bouncing around a little bit and really just wanted to leverage, you know, the church and religion to help me like have resources to be raised and, and, and values. Right. Um, but they weren't necessarily really religious, but it was just like, I was always around that. And then honestly, my teens and my twenties, um, I just really started rebelling against it, kind of like I just described, like my relationship with my dad. It was like I would call myself an atheist. I would argue with anybody who said there was something greater than us. Like, nah, this like this. Here's how it is. Like, I was just really uh, resisting and like trying to create my find my own truth, right? 
And, and a lot of it came initially from a frustration of like, why is this book telling me that this is how it is and this is how it has to be and this is how it looks like and here's how I need to interact with it. And I was like, fuck all that. Like, I don't, I don't want any part of it. So it, that kind of like was my initial journey. And I was like, I, I wasn't allowing myself to connect with spirit in my own way. So, um, you know, I think throughout this journey, I started to really like this journey that I told you about the catalyst, my relationship and diving to men's work therapy, et cetera. I started realizing that I was just having a lot of spiritual moments. I can't even describe it. It wasn't like, you know, I was, I was speaking in tongues to, or, or, or it was just like a spiritual moment that I can't describe. It was like, yo, there is something else here with me in this moment. And you know, I think breath work was a big part of that. Uh, some plant medicine as well, but really there was just moments, even in just like healing something like right now, we just dove into healing generational trauma. Like there was moments where like, I literally just had a heart opening experience where I was like, yo, I feel like love is like coursing through my body. And this can't be something I could explain with like any of the shit that I used to explain before. And then that, that got me curious, honestly, about, about learning more about my lineage, right? So um, on a spiritual level, but even on a, just like, yeah, like, where did I come from? Like, who, who am I beyond my parents? You know, because I had this view of like, again, when you do this work, you think it's just your grandparents, your parents and your grandparents. But then like, you realize that there's actually some such thing as generational trauma and you actually are carrying like, um, generations of DNA in you, not only the trauma, but also the wisdom and the power, right? So I was curious about how to learn about all of this on in all areas, physically, like, you know, understanding who my grandmother was. I just recently at Thanksgiving, my grandparents, my grandfather says, told me that his grandmother, they used to call it Mano Santa, which means like a healing hand. She used to know what herbs to bring together and like heal people in the family. And just learning that was like, oh shit, like maybe I don't, I don't have a healing hand per se, but perhaps I'm called to healing because it's something in my lineage. Right. And then emotional, like what was there? Like, what did my grandmother went through when, when, you know, you know, in the seventies, they used to um, uh, forcibly sterilize Puerto Rican women, Hispanic women to, to have them, to avoid them having more kids, like just understanding that story. And like, how she ended up being emotional after she, you know, with my mom and then how that affected me. And then also spiritual. It's like, I'm fucking supported. Like, I, I don't need to see them. I don't need to hear them. Everybody has like their own way of connecting with their ancestors, but I know there's just something that's like holding me up and just empowering me to move forward. And honestly, it was hard to find Daino culture like just looking for that there's you know i mean living in puerto rico a lot of puerto ricans don't accept it they're kind of like it's in my blood yeah i could take a dna test but i don't really believe that you know they're just not connected to it so finding it was difficult for me so i started off by diving deeper into other spiritual practices like you know breath work i've had some incredible spiritual experiences where i literally like relived like generational trauma and like healed and grieved and felt my heart blown wide open peyote ceremony, right? That's a native American church. And even though it's not so directly correct connected to my ancestry, 
Like I definitely felt my ancestors there with me, right? Going to a trip and visiting the Mayans and sitting around the fire for five days straight and just like coming out of the Temascal, feeling like I've healed the, the, the feminine in my lineage and just like my, my ancestors and the women in my family are in those bricks of the Temascal and like going to connect with uh, my teacher in Ecuador and talking about dreams and telling him about a dream I had about my grandfather. Right? And him connecting it to my ancestry, even though he doesn't know much about Daino culture, really is just curiosity is the word I could put. Mm. Like, doesn't matter how you do it, just be curious. Be curious to, to just exploring something else outside of it, because it just gives so much, it's given me so much more meaning to my work and my intention and my love and my integrity. When I feel like I'm doing it, not only to heal the generations that came before me, not only to support men in healing, themselves in this generation, but also to heal those that come after me and that I'm supported. And there's a bigger reason for me doing it than just my simple, like one life, what I feel like I got to get done in order to feel successful and be at my grave complete. Right. So that's, that's been my journey, but it's been, it's been hard to find, uh, uh, um, uh, some of my own culture, to be honest. So it's just, it's been a journey of just, connecting with others that have been on the same journey and have found things that I'm curious about that I haven't found myself yet. So, yeah, I love the element of curiosity because uh, it, it takes curiosity to start to go down a path that is not the common path, right? To not just take the stories that we've been given, whether it's through Christianity or uh, pop culture or whatever, that this is my story, right? Looking outside of the textbook that we got when we were in grade school, um, so that element of curiosity then kind of shines a light on this other path that deviates off the main path. Uh, but it's not like it's a, it's this big old headlight and you just see the whole way through, right? It's just oh, breadcrumbs and, uh, you know, maybe it's a book somewhere. Maybe it's someone that you meet um, doing something that you love. And you're like, wow, this is a Taino man heavy in the culture and get to learn more. Like there's really no clear path to it, but um I, I know for a fact, because I've seen it in you, and this has been my case, that the more I've pursued um, in, in the space of curiosity, the more I've pursued w my lineage, where I come from, the backstory, uh, two things have happened. One, the more confidence I have had in myself and just ownership of just who I am on this earth. And two, the the less I make it about me because I really realize that I am part of a much bigger picture um, of history and of lineage. Right. And I'm, I am just filling this one little space and I am just a bridge and uh, many will have come before me. Many will come after me. And I'm just doing my best to kind of continue the flow of that. And play your part, play my part, play my role. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I feel like there's a big difference between playing your part and staying in your lane, right? Because staying in your lane, it's like, who's lane? Like, how do you define lane? Who puts the bumpers up to decide that that's your lane? But like playing your part, like how can you fully play your part knowing that there's generations, like can't even fathom generations that came before you for you to be here? Play your part, like maybe it's just playing your part and being a father to your son so that he can play his part as great, as best as he can. But I love that. I love how you simplified it in, 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 in that, uh, those two takeaways, because really that's, that's what I was trying to articulate. Uh, but it, it, 
it's not, it's not that linear, you know, like you said, it's, it's almost like you wish that the light was just shined upon it, but honestly, it's a spiritual experience in itself to not have a hundred percent clarity about what's going to be revealed and just fucking allow it to reveal itself as you explore those parts of yourself. Absolutely, man. And even the like, you know, even the more logistical aspect of it, you know, it's like people in our lineage have been silenced, have been killed, have been, you know, there, there's a reason there's like a very specific history that we're learning and reading. Right. So um, it takes effort, but at least in my experience, it's worth it. Yeah. Beautiful, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful well time goes fast man so let's get ready to wrap this up i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation um two questions to finish off here uh brief questions one if there is a young man of color out there sitting across the fire from you who um is looking for help looking for support maybe starting to dip his toes into men's work uh what would you tell him Love this question. <laughs> what comes up for me is uh, to trust in yourself. And just trust in yourself. Your truth will set you free. You don't have to be anything, anything else in order to survive, to feel welcome, to feel like you belong. Like, just trust in yourself and that you're exactly where you need to be. And that your way is the way, like there's a shine, there's a light that's just waiting to shine from within you and just got to let it, let it shine. I know when I was a, a kid, you know, man, a, 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 a boy of color, I was doubting myself a lot and I was just afraid to be myself uh, because I might not be accepted, might not get the job, might not get the promotion, might not this, might not that. And it's just like, just yourself and that your truth will set you beautiful man i wish i heard those words when i was uh, a boy of color as well man yeah. well said um and then the last question because at least as far as i can see most men are pretty bad at self-care <laughs> what do you like to do for self-care how do you take care of yourself uh it's good take a day off that's a classic like honestly just a day off i've been treating my saturdays as like my rest day and sometimes rest to me means play too but just take a day off and really what that distills down to is like give yourself space to hear what your mind body and heart needs mm -hmm. besides all the commitments that you've made and all the expectations that everybody has of you and all the roles have of you and all the identities and titles and things have of you like give yourself space just let yourself like if it's a day off is it five is it, if it's five hours off if it's 15 minutes off so just check in with yourself like man what do, what does my mind need right now some rest what does my body need right now some water what does my my heart need right now ah just to go for a hike and not have any expectations at this moment so i can like just feel how i feel maybe it's overwhelm maybe it's happiness maybe it's joy because i know i've been so busy sometimes i don't even allow myself to feel joy it's like just check in with yourself and give yourself a day off to honor that part of yourself maybe it's not every week but it's an it's it's a a decent amount to just check in and honor that part of you 
That's incredible, man. I've I heard someone say the biggest uh, the biggest form of resistance in the capitalist culture is to rest. So I love uh, I love not only that rest is your self care, but also walking us through how to give ourselves permission to rest. Yeah, you know, Sam. I'll end it with this. Sam says uh, she uses the line. She says, "Rest is an act of rebellion," mm. and I and I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and, and she's been really, um, just going back to relationships been really supporting me and just trusting myself that resting isn't going to make me less worthy or fall behind. And the more I trust that, honestly, the more I rest and the more I rest, actually, the more I accomplish, which is the irony of like capitalistic culture is like, if you rest, you will fall behind, you will get trampled. Rest is honestly an act of rebellion. And I found that that's the biggest way I can rebel against living my life according to others and just honoring my truth is like rest is at the very least you'll get clarity around like what it is that you really want to do um, and what you really need. So, yeah, that's a fact. You got a good woman over there. Don't be gang. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, big yourself up, bro. Let the people who are listening know where to find you, what you got going on, all that. Yeah, so uh, where to find me? I mean, best place to to find me, and I've been kind of turning up the heat on social media as well. Um, it's just on Instagram, r jose underscore alejandro. Um, offerings. I mean, I got a, a program called Intentional Impact. Next round starts February 11th, about half full, and I just take men through a 11 week journey. Men who are committed to really embodying the truth and living their vision and increasing their impact in whatever way that looks like. And then something else is coming up. I mean, in May, you're supporting a, a, a rite of passage in the East Coast. Yes, sir. Um, and we're enrolling some men into that starting uh, and starting in March. So honestly, that's an offering that we'll, we'll be co-creating and doing together. So if there's any men of color that are called to or curious about rite of passage, honestly, just uh, and you're anywhere in the East Coast, like you're going to have a couple brothers of color there just supporting you. So that's that's an invitation. If it's a if it's a boat that is calling you and you want to party and <laughs> hop on. Beautiful. man. Well, I'll definitely I'll co-sign with Intentional Impact. I took the course twice because it is that good and it absolutely changed my life. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank you publicly for the clarity you were able to give me. And from that clarity, just the amount of men, amount of fathers, the amount of families that I've been able to uh, serve and impact and help. So yes. thanks for being the man that you are, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you. And I appreciate it because that intentional impact is what it is today because you being my teacher and also pushing me to my edge and allowing me to be on my journey. So definitely just want to say thank you to you because a lot of men like you have received my medicine because you've supported me and, and allowed me to live my vision and give my gift. So appreciate you, bro. Well, to many more years to come in co-creation, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you and I love you, bro. Love you too, man. Thank you. What an amazing conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Jose is just such an inspiring and influential human being. I'm really leaving this conversation with the reminder that 
In order for relationships to flourish, we gotta let go of expectation. Really the importance of allowing people to be human, giving ourselves a permission to be human, and in that space, allowing the relationship to flourish. Doesn't matter if that's with a romantic partner, if it's a relationship with a friend, or a relationship with our parents. I hope you are leaving this conversation hearing something that inspires you, something that's gonna help you work through whatever it is you're working through. Just that spiritual food to be able to go out into the world and continue to be of service and just be the best human you can be. I wanna remind you again to check out therisingman.org for all of the programs and offerings that we have there. Um, stay tuned for more episodes of Fam Life with me, Phil Gomez. And until next time, stay up. 